You might have calves on the ground or some still to come, or you might have yearlings in the feedlot. Well, now is the time to be thinking about your marketing plans for 2022. With rising input costs, the better genetic cattle always bring more because they have a natural bred in ability to perform better. Clint Berry, marketing rep for Superior Livestock Returns, is my guest as we talk about what to plan for as you look at various options for marketing your cattle this year. Plus, we'll revisit our previous discussion on program cattle and if that's right for your operation. If you're selling cattle in 2022, this show is for you on today's episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Welcome to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We're glad to have you joining us on our program here today. Uh, you know, this for me, this time of the year, as we uh, right find ourselves here in the middle of March, is kind of a slow time for me. And I know for some of you, you're probably scratching your head thinking, what do you mean if you ranch, how can March be a slow time of the year? Well, we don't calve until May or June. So so this is kind of the time when things sort of slow down from kids' activities in school to before we start to get calving. And so that's why it's slow for me. But I know that is not the case for a lot of folks out there. And I know that uh, many of you have calves on the ground. Uh, like I said in the intro, probably getting ready for calves on the ground. So with with that in mind, I thought it was really appropriate that we really start to look at this element of marketing your livestock for 2022. Now, Clint Berry, as I said in the in the intro of the program, is going to be, be my guest. I've had Clint on our show before. He's a rep for Superior Livestock. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas. He's going to be joining us as we talk about this. Now, I reference it later on uh, with, with Clint, and we're going to talk about it later on, but I did a show back with him back in January of 2021 and it was on selling program cattle. And I'll tell you, if you've ever wondered about, is that something you should do or not? That is a good program, a good episode to go back and listen to. That was episode number five. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. We're going to talk about some of those things here today, but not quite as in depth as we did back in that program. But that's going to be the main feature of our program here today. Of course, also joining us today, the Captain Tim O'Byrne will be by in just a few moments for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. And meteorologist Don Day will be in with a look at our long-term weather. Now, speaking of meteorologist Don Day and calving season, now, uh, he gave us a really great program last week. In fact, we had the whole show with meteorologist Don Day as we talked about weather. If you want a really good episode to go back and listen to about uh, what the weather outlook is going to be for 2022, then go back and listen to last week's episode. You can find that pretty much on any podcast provider out there or just go to your internet provider internet web browser type in working ranch radio show and you're going to find that and last week's episode was episode 60 with meteorologist don day well right now a big thank you to the sponsors of the working ranch radio show the american simmental association and we are right in the middle of bull buying season and according to a survey done between 2014 and 2020 of commercial producers did you know that the largest growth in the types of bulls producers were investing in well, it was bulls with Sim Genetics. Heterosis works, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head, period. Find out more at Simmental.org. Bobcat, one tough tractor. Visit Bobcat.com and use the build and quote tool to design your ideal machine. The American Hereford Association, come home to Hereford. And the North American Limousine Foundation, limousine cattle deliver to your bottom line. And also, Keneally Angus, you know, their spring bull sales come Coming up on Saturday, March 26th, that's the fourth Saturday of this month there in Whitman, Nebraska. They're going to be selling about 550 head of older bulls coming to 18-month-old and long yearlings as well as some heifer calves. You can catch that on Northern Livestock Video. To find out more, go to KeneallyAngus.com. And our final sponsor today, the American Angus Association. Look for the registration numbers when you're buying bulls. Buy the power. Buy registered Angus bulls. Well, it's time now to check in with the captain, publisher, and editor of the Working Ranch magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. Tough times. So, folks, you know what we need to do. Keep the faith. Stick together. Help each other out here. 
we'll get through this as best we can. Let's uh, take a look. I want to go back to the March issue, uh, page 72, Ranch and Performance Horses by Jade Curd, the equine vaccine protocols of the, um, I mean, it's just an amazing, I learned so much about equine vaccines in this article. It's quite lengthy. So uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Check it out. And then coming soon to a mailbox out on the highway near you will be the April-May issue. I got to tell you, we're so proud of this issue. There are so many good articles, so many great photographs. You got, uh, we, we love the Kid and Critter Corner where you guys send photographs of your kids doing stuff with uh, with their cattle and their horses and dogs and chickens and everything else. And we got a bunch of great uh, columns on uh, feeding for breeding and um, ion replacements, vaccinating those replacement heifers and uh, dealing with deadly clostridia. That's interesting. I know I've been sitting here doing this for about 17 years now, and I learn like a Dutch oven full of stuff every single time I put this magazine together for the final go. So check it out. April, May issue. Amazing cover. It's it, the, the cover of this magazine is exactly what we need right now, right today, to, to, to bring our faith in human nature and all the good that our beef industry provides to the world and to the universe. Justin, back to you in the booth. I know you got a great show. All right. Well, thanks, Captain, for that. You know, earlier this week, he and I were chatting about everything going on over in Ukraine and Russia and just kind of the dark cloud that's across just everybody's mindset right now in in dealing with the repercussions of that and the repercussions that still uh, we don't yet know are going to happen. But nevertheless, uh, we don't want to take lightly what those folks are having to deal with and thinking that our problems are bigger than theirs. Because one of the things that I, I realize, too, is this time of the year it's an important time for us in agriculture, but it's also a very fruitful time because this is when we start to see calves showing up on the ground. And regardless of, of the issues that we're, we have to deal with, there is some joy in knowing that the next calf crop is showing up or has showed up. And we can uh, be thankful for that and be blessed that we have that opportunity here in our part of the world. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the calf crop for 2022 when Clint Berry joins us as we talk about marketing for your livestock in this coming year and what you can do to prepare for that as we look ahead. We'll be back with more when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's a competitive calf market, and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fertility from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sire group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So... The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here with you as we head now into our featured interview for the day. And we are talking with Clint Berry, who's a marketing rep for Superior Livestock based out of Fort Worth, Texas. And I don't know if you follow our program here back on the 6th of January of 2021. Clint joined us on our program as we talked about kind of the pros and cons of of selling program cattle. Is that something you want to get into? And so, Clint, I want to thank you, first of all, for joining us here on our program today. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate the opportunity to join you and visit a little bit about the cattle market. So we're going to talk a little bit about the program thing in later on in our, our program here today. But first and foremost, let's talk about mainly the market right now. All indications are is that we're going to see these cattle markets a little bit better than this year. Last year, they were a little bit better than the year before. Do you think we are still on track to see that across the and what you're hearing also across the countryside is with in regards to Russia and Ukraine, taking all that into account, where do you think these markets are going to be looking at as we get prep preparing for 2022? All indications are for an uptrend in the market. Um, you know, when you look at the fundamentals, and that's that's what's vital. To, mm-hmm. But you look at the fundamentals, and we're going to have lower cow numbers due to a combination of of natural deep 
declining cow numbers the last several years in the cattle cycle with an enhancement due to the drought conditions that we saw in the north and the, uh, the northern plains and the and the southern plains <clears throat> those are going to have forced a lot of we, we killed a lot of cows out of the cow herd we culled a lot there wasn't a lot of heifer retention made this year i mean if you look at the numbers in the feedlots right now i i don't have any customers feeding cattle that their yards aren't full, mm-hmm. packed full at this point. Um, sometimes with cattle that aren't typically there, you know, there's a lot of the wheat cattle in the Southern Plains that that never got turned out, and here we are, you know, almost middle way through March, and we we've got cattle standing in the pens and have been there since the first of the year that should be turned out on wheat right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things are going to help press pressure that upside um, because we've simply shift the leverage on the supply demand factor you know we are enjoying the greatest beef demand that that we've had in a lifetime both domestically and internationally and solidified that especially through the covid days of understanding that our consumers are willing to pay more for our better product and that's that's a very healthy thing that we learned i I mean i'm not i'm not discounting Mm -hmm. the hardships that the increased prices have on the consumer but at the same time what we learned is is people enjoy eating beef and they were willing to pay more for beef and they were cooking beef at home more often even when the restaurants weren't operating at full capacity those are all positive fundamentals we're looking at but you also brought into the in into the conversation there about like the russian mm-hmm. ukraine deal <clears throat> we have some extreme outside factors that are putting pressure on on the cattle market right now you know just in the last two weeks we've seen some record low contract numbers on several contracts and, and it's all due to what i would call fear from the the ukraine russia conflict um and then coupled with the fact that, that we know that our inputs are going to be increased we've got inflationary issues you know feed fuel fertilizer all of the inputs that go into cattle production we're facing an increase on our cost side and and that is affecting the market as well but i i still feel like once things settle down in ukraine and russia and we get to some kind of i guess normality would be the word there yeah. you know we're gonna see some rebounds um especially as we move into the latter part of the summer and the, and the fall as we get ready to market the calf crop that's being born right now mm-hmm. um i just think that long term we're in a really good position as producers uh, in, in the cattle market, if you look at the long term, but the short term here is a little hairy. And, you know, I, I, I would tell everybody to take all the precautions they can to, to make sure, you know, if they want to take advantage of some of these forward projected numbers on the on the, you know, the long term futures. And mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing to talk to your professional about. You bet. Clint, I know you cover a lot of country, not only in who you're repping for for cattle, but also just in your circle of, of everybody that you know. Uh, last week we had an interview. Our, our whole show was dedicated to the weather outlook for 2022. Um, that's got to be playing a little bit in some of the minds as you're talking with folks across the country, too, I'm guessing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're they're honestly traveling up and down. And I've, I've been in the northern plains most of the last week here and will be for another week or 10 days. And most of that conversation revolves around drought, not not Russia, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not not price of fuel. It's it's around drought conditions in the regional areas. And and that's you know, that's going to be a factor, a factor that affects the markets and 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 the long-term plans, but it also is is part of what's going to drive some of the increased prices in the years to come is the fact that we've pulled deep and that we're going to add value to replacement heifers. And, you know, if the, if the early bull sales this year are an indication, you know, it seems to be regardless of location and breed type, those, those quality production sales, you know, a lot of their bull sale average numbers are up, mm-hmm. which was a big fear going into this with the number of cows that were that were being killed and i i'm, I'm going to assume on my own opinion without any data in front of me that's probably a reflection of the fact that as we were culling those cows last fall um getting them off the feed bill there was a lot of old bulls that went to town too and were culled mm-hmm. uh, in lieu of feeding them for you know four or five six months they've they've levied to, to you know replace them with with an upgraded bull hopefully and and you know try to work at it through that format i know that even right now you know there's some cold cow bull prices and cold cow prices that are you know in the dollar even above a dollar range which is tremendous yeah you know Mm -hmm. and i think some guys are in essence reinvesting that capital 
you know, in that short term. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to visit with you back here this time of the year, uh, because I know as you're getting out and about, you're starting to, uh, you're looking at things, you know, for for this next year, for this marketing year. And I know, you know, we've got a a wide variety of folks that listen and and maybe market their cattle in different times of the year. But just in general, I I feel like our market, there's some movement taking place in just in, in some of the ways we can market cattle, some of the programs that are available, compared to even when you and I talked a year ago and so i just wanted to to kind of get back with you and say okay now we're looking into 2022 what's changing versus if you were to look back over the last 18 months in terms of marketing your cattle what are you seeing are starting to some some things that are starting to maybe dig in and be factors in in marketing our cattle for 2022 you know is it a major shift or a major turning of the of the steam liner no no that's that's not the case we saw an increase last year, um, specifically like through our data set at Superior. We saw an increase in the number of cattle enrolled in third-party verified programs, especially multi-tiered third-party verified programs. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a new trend. We've we've been watching that for four or five years now. It just seems like we continue to trick the number of cattle that are rolling into those. Um, and and like you said, you know, in general, everybody's got to evaluate that for their own operation. Um, to see how it matches their management and their marketing and go from there. Um, probably seeing a greater pressure on what I would call the, 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 the risk side of things, you know, supplying a calf that's higher vaccinated or more days weaned, or especially if you're talking about program cattle. Uh, you know, you got to realize when we're, when we're talking about, say, natural calves that, that can't receive an antibiotic, mm-hmm if the buyer's paying a premium for a natural calf that has a higher risk of fallout because perhaps he's not weaned, perhaps he's not uh, got two rounds of shots, you know, he's only got one versus two, perhaps you're not using modified lives and a pasturilla in your combination, you know, factors such as that, perhaps the, you're located in an area where the cattle are going to be on the truck twice as long as the average, those kind of factors will play into those because that there's a higher risk on that calf than than say another calf mm-hmm. and, and you are seeing some pushback there when they're paying you know a lot of times 50 to 150 dollar premium for these cattle and one injection bumps them out of the system bumps them out of the premium program on the fat side that you know you're you're seeing some apprehension there or or what i'd really tell you is you're seeing a greater premium for the cattle that are say longer wean better vaccinated okay okay yearling cattle are, are progressing heavier on those premiums and balling calves are sure do you see in in these calves we've seen a real discount uh in the last several years of steers and heifers is that going to continue i know we've seen maybe a little more retention of heifers because these prices have been so uh, different but uh where do you projecting these heifer prices compared to the steer prices yeah i i would tell you that just throughout most of last year you know, heifers were easily 15 to 20 back. You know, there, there would be days that it would be less than that. There are classes that would be less than that. There'd be, there are times that it was less than that, but, but it wasn't uncommon to, to see a, you know, 15 to $20 uh, price spread on the heifers. And if you think about cost of gain and you think about harvest uh, tonnage, you can start to understand. I mean, the one thing that a that a producer's got to remember when we're talking about feeding, so no no replacement value here. When we're talking about feeding heifers, yes, those cattle have the same genetics as your steers, and yes, we're going to assume they have the same exact management as your steers as far as your herd health and those kind of factors. But when they get to the feed yard, they convert less than steers do. Okay, so their cost of gain is automatically higher, mm-hmm. period. No, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know, comparing apples to apples, mates, their cost of gain is higher for a female than it is a steer. Then the other side is they will not harvest an end product in the same weight as the other. So their carcasses are going to be lighter. You know, I'll give you a good example of like some of the cattle that I've fed and killed in the last, over the last year. You know, I'll have a lot of steers that will, will die in that, 
maybe 1385 to 1500 pound range, you know, a whole lot of them in the 14 to 1500 pound range. That's, that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, my heifers, you know, I've got a lot of heifers that will be 12 and a quarter to 13 and a quarter, you know, 1250 to 1300 pounds is, is about where I can get most of my heifers dead at, especially if they're high percentage British based calf and, and don't have, you know, a continental influence in them. I, it's hard to get the tonnage on those cattle. So when you look at price per head paid, you know, we're talking price per pound, we're talking about price per head, and you see a steer from one ranch sell for a thousand and the heifer sell for nine hundred. But that's even though a producer, a rancher may think, well, you know, my heifers aren't bringing enough. But the reality is, is, is they don't deliver enough on the backside not to have that kind of a discount. And that's a hard thing for a lot of guys to stomach because <laughs> yeah. a calf is a calf on the ranch, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the reality of how those cattle have to be priced. You know, when you start looking at break-evens on the kill side, it, yes, they may they may actually even grade better than some of the steers mm-hmm. in some cases. But but there that's only a piece of the profit, the, you know, picture when you're in the feedlot side. Now, what you said is correct. Are, are we going to continue to see a gap in that that big in the heifers and steers? And that answer is going to be, is it going to rain? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> if it doesn't, then it might get bigger yeah. than what it is, you know, mm-hmm. because there's no pressure on there. The only way that a heifer has more value is when there's there's pressure on retention side. Yeah. And until we start seeing that, then the, the gap between steers and heifers is not going to change. It, and, I, and I am using that as an in general yeah, conversation. Yeah. There are there are always exceptions to the rule yeah well and that kind of brings me to my next question what is you know is there a class of cattle when we look at some of these cattle that are going to be marketed between now and say december or january of of 2023 is there a class of cattle that you see is going to have besides maybe just the regular you know our steer calves but beyond normal is there any any class of cattle that's going to be higher valued that we haven't seen in the past not that you haven't seen in the past. No. Okay. Okay. No. The, the answer to that is always yearlings. Yes. You know they're primed and ready to go. They have the least amount of health issues. They've been weaned the longest, and they're they've been slow grown, allowing that frame to take on more size, so that they can pack the pounds on them, and they have better compensatory gain than a than a fat calf coming out of a forty five day grow yard. You know your weaning pen or right off the cow. Mm-hmm. That that's I don't think you'll ever see that change in the beef industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's just so much less risk and so much more upside on a yearling steer or heifer. Yeah. Well, let's take a break here. My guest today, if you're just joining me, is Clint Berry, who is a marketing rep for Superior Livestock. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas, covers a lot of country with the cattle that he represents. We're talking about marketing your livestock in 2022. When we come back, though, we're going to jump into, are we going to see increased demand for these replacement heifers with where the market and the cattle cycle is at for this next year? And also, we're going to revisit that discussion about program cattle. Stay with us. You're listening to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Sales season's here again, and there are a lot of black-hided Angus bulls on the market, but not all of them are registered. Why take the risk? Don't gamble on unproven genetics. Invest wisely with registered, powered by Angus bulls. Backed by the power of the American Angus Association and 80 million data points, registered Angus bulls give you the confidence in your buying decisions. Don't buy an imposter. Look for the registration number. Buy the power. Buy registered Angus bulls. There's assurance in buying bulls from a proven program, and a program that's been proven time and time again is Keneally Angus. So mark your calendar now for Keneally Angus Spring Bull Sale, Saturday, March 26th. That's the fourth Saturday of March, offering 550 head of yearling, 18-month, and coming two-year-old bulls. Now, these bulls are fully guaranteed with free delivery nationwide, and bulls out of the industry's leading sires with genomic-enhanced EPDs. You can buy in person, leave them a bid, or bid online at Northern livestock video. For more information or to request a catalog, go to KeneallyAngus.com. It's Keneally Angus Spring Bull Sale, Saturday, March 26th at 12 Noon Mountain at the ranch south of Whitman, Nebraska. 
And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here on our program. By the way, this is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by America's Ranchers. And if you don't have your subscription already to this magazine, or maybe you've never heard about it, tell you what, you're missing out because the articles, the stories, the information that's in that in every issue that comes out is extremely relevant to everyday working ranch operations across the country. And I think you'd find it very useful. You can go to their website to get your subscription started at workingranchmag.com. Well, let's get back to our subject at hand on our program here today as we are talking about marketing your livestock here in 2022. My guest today is Clint Berry, who is a marketing rep for Superior Livestock. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas. He's been doing this for quite a few years now. And Clint, the next thing I want to get into is these replacement heifers. And in light of the fact that where our herd numbers are at, I know there's some factors that could affect the expansion of our cattle herd. But in what you're seeing out there, are we going to see some demand for these replacement heifers in 2022? Yes, I, I absolutely believe that, especially if we can get moisture uh, in the areas that need it the most. That that will really help because the, we're, the prices, you know, if, if our fundamentals match up and the outside factors will, 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 you know, have less of an influence than what they are today in March as we're speaking on the phone, mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to see a lot of pressure for guys to add back females especially in those herds that have the ground already in the infrastructure they just had to reduce because of because of drought conditions yeah, yeah i think you're going to see guys jump on that and the nice thing about a, a herd reduction a, a, let me see a, a drought reduction is it usually makes every cow herd that was affected better because they call the older animals the mm-hmm. less performing animals and they start replacing them with their better heifers which hopefully should be their best genetics if their bull selections are correct. And, and I, I would tell you that with rising input costs, you know, you, you asked me about a classification of cattle and this isn't really a classification, but with rising input costs, the better genetic cattle always bring more because they have a natural bred inability to perform better to whether that's talking about carcass merit, feed conversion, uh, overall health. I mean, they just, they're going to be worth more and as we continue to move forward with some of these branded programs whether they be a natural or a conventional fed but these branded programs that are you know really trying to sell a a a choice higher type product those cattle are just going to be rewarded more i think long term as we move forward and and producers are going to be able to see a even bigger differentiation than what we've seen recently in genetic quality Mm -hmm. so if if you're buying the kind of bulls that make the kind of cattle that fit the box for the most of these programs you're you're going to really start seeing a a price differentiation between a more common base commodity type animal you know especially if you can build uniformity in that herd and it's when we've got reduced numbers and starting to retain heifers is a great time to be thinking about that you know taking a leap forward in your genetics yeah Last year, we talked about the pros and cons of, of these program cattle. And if uh, for, the, for those of you listening, maybe did not catch that program as I referred to it earlier. It was episode number five, and it was released on the 6th of January, 2021. I encourage you to go back and listen to that program. But Clint, based upon last year when we talked and, and now this year, you said you're starting to see definitely more of an increase in the numbers of those enrolling in these uh, verification type programs. Again, though, let's 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 kind of have that same conversation that we had about a year ago about getting into these program cattle. You've touched on it here briefly already today, but we still need to evaluate whether or not that's a good fit for our program or our operation. At the same time, realizing there's also some doors, more doors opening up for those cattle. But let's kind of revisit that conversation and and the pros and cons of that here in 2022. Sure. I, and, and there are, there are increased enrollments, uh, you know, and it, that's not a new trend. We've, you know, last four or five years, we've seen that steady uptake. And I'm, I'm talking, when I say we, I'm talking about the superior family, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. cattle that we're marketing through our system, we, we see a consistent trend line of increasing enrollments into these programs. And sometimes that's guys that were enrolled in, in maybe the, the, the starting level and then have moved up into the higher levels, or it's guys that have, went from no verifications whatsoever into some of the others um, because they're seeing the reward on the on the price per pound you just always have to remember 
to go back and make sure that it fits your management. You know, what's right for one man's operation may not be right for his neighbor. Um, so you have to make sure that that tailors and fits the way you want. And the other thing I always tell guys, don't forget, the third-party verified programs, while they have a great track record of delivering premiums over the commodity market, it's an opportunity at a premium. It is not a guarantee. You know, just like everything else, we, we have risk involved in that. You, you can do all the work and maybe not get paid for it. So everybody's got to understand that there is a factor here that it's not just a guaranteed deal. The only thing that's guaranteed is if you don't take part in those programs, you will not have access to those premiums, you know, an opportunity for them. So there's a little bit of that factor to play in there. And, and that may not sound fair to everybody, but, you know, guys that have been in them for five or 10 years and have built a buyer base that likes their cattle have an advantage over somebody that's just getting started. You know, that's all part of it. Um, so, you you know, just talk to your marketing representative, um, you know, your trusted professionals. Talk to your veterinarian because that, sometimes that's that's going to be a key component in there. But then understand within each of those programs what kind of change that means for your operation because sometimes it's extremely simple. Sometimes all you got to do is submit records, you know, or, or keep a, a, some records that you haven't been keeping. Sometimes it's a complete change in your management program. You know, you have to remove this feed additive and, and you can find an alternative that fits the program or you need to quit doing this management practice and start doing that one. And you have to start evaluating those individually as to what is pain and what is not because, you know, the use of, of technology, meaning, you know, implants and, and ionophores and those things in the feeder are they're about as proven and safe and least risk-taking as there is anything out there you know i mean just simple math of you know an implant costing a dollar and a half and you know you're getting anywhere from 15 to some times you'll hear estimates of 25 pounds on a calf that's that's probably more than what i would bank on but you know 15 or 20 pounds for a dollar 50 that's real money you know and you've got to evaluate that and, and don't sometimes we get caught up on when we sell our calves we get caught up on price per pound and we forget about what really matters, which is profit per head, mm -hmm. you know, so, so be careful that you make each, make that decision for your own operation and do your research ahead of getting started. But I, the nice thing is with the continued enrollments into these programs, we are not seeing the premiums be reduced on sale day. So it's obvious that the demand is still there and growing for these programs. And I think you're only going to continue seeing that because we're, we're, we're hearing announcements of expansions of those programs into either greater third-party verifications or expanding the program outright, you know, as far as the beef that they're selling that, that fit that criteria. Mm -hmm. You know, Glenn, I, I guess I feel like the mar the way the market's moving, I mean, we're going to see this to a point to where this is really some of this third-party stuff is then is going to become kind of industry standard don't you think i mean i mean what's what's in your mind where do we see that kind of hitting to where that, that's now just industry standard this, these are just common practices you need to do and and, and that's that's probably going to be a little relative to as bad as you know i, I don't want to play big big cow man versus little cow man but yeah that might be a little relative on your cow herd size I mean, that conversation with somebody that owns 24 cows is a lot different than that conversation with somebody that owns 240 or mm -hmm. 2,400. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there is a, a different return on investment there that, that you have to be realistic on. But, you know, two decades ago, a decade, well, even a, maybe even a decade, dang sure, two decades ago, did we, did we think we would pretty much have an industry standard on animal health protocols? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and now look at where we are, you know, on Superior, we, we sold a million, seven million, eight head of calves last year, something like that. Less than 1% of all of them didn't at least match our VAC 24 protocols, mm -hmm. less than, less than 1%. Mm -hmm. And the, the knock that they take by not falling into those specs will certainly incentivize you never to do that again you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, uh, and and if you so if you just look at those kind of things you know now that's an industry standard practice for the good of all the industry that's mm -hmm. that's not only good for us that's good for the buyer it's, it's good all the way around you know keep more cattle healthy we can produce more pounds of beef with less live calves to begin with because we keep more of a liner to the harvest stage mm -hmm. but so you when you see that kind of stuff yeah I, I think so you know i think 
um, if you're talking about getting into this is a crystal ball in my opinion so I'm not mm-hmm. this isn't anything that I can support with data but if you think long term about some of these premium product lines what what's the one thing that that everybody no matter what part of the country you're raising cattle in here you know where, where does my beef come yep, from yep. where's my food come from well we have existing USDA programs to identify those and that's called source and age verification now it was created for an export market to Japan following the BSE Cal, but that source verified program is there in place, third party verified, easily done, low cost. I mean, some of them are as cheap as the cost of the tag, but you can, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to do it. Doesn't even require on-site audits. You know, it can be a desk audit, like basically over a phone call and sharing your record. So those kind of things, I think you're, you could easily see any kind of a premium product line, you know, down, I'm just thinking long-term here mm-hmm. that, that might require that is the first step to be able to get into the program. So, you know, it, you take a, I'll just make up a name. You take a, a program, you know, Ridgeway beef or something that's selling choice or higher specs through grocery chains. But one of their first steps is the cattle need to be source verified back to the ranch of origin. That's a wonderful thing. If it can add a little more money to my pocket and it costs me, what an ear tag does to do it anyway, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, that helps me verify the difference and make sure that that product line can promote U.S. beef. You know, I like that too. I mm-hmm. like being able to have that verification. And um, But I think you're definitely going to see some standards of, I'll use the word sustainability, some yeah. industry-driven sustainability terms mm-hmm. to specifically start looking into some of the natural programs. Mm-hmm. You know, because the consumers would like to have that. That that's a that's a go-to word that they love to say, even though they can't define it any better than I can. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, if they're paying, you know, we we had natural premiums, uh, you know, pretty verified natural premiums, you know, anywhere in a ten to twelve dollar a hundred weight range. So you know, on a six weight calf, that's a lot of money. And mm-hmm. if you could wrap a sustainability claim onto that and not really have to do any more work as a rancher, you know, it's just part of the verification process and we can drive that price or continue to hold that premium price on the resale side. That's a, that's a beautiful thing for us. Mm-hmm. And it makes the consumer feel good and it bolsters what we do every day out on the ranch, out on the farms, you know, being stewards of the land, which is all of us know that we have to do that not only for our own conscious, but to be able to hand it down and make it better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's take a break here. My guest today is Clint Berry, marketing rep for Superior Livestock, as we have been talking about marketing your livestock for th- 2022. Now, if you're like me, one of the things that I always gauge things is, is my net return going to be worth it? Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about just some of the basics, some of the easy things that you can do as a rancher with your cattle operation that would put your cattle on a good pathway towards marketing for this coming year. We'll be back when we return on the work. Ranch Radio Show. Whoa, Herefords are the efficiency experts for a reason. In crossbreeding systems, Herefords boost pregnancy rates by 7% and add $30 per head in feed yard profitability. And Hereford genetics bring unrivaled hybrid vigor, longevity, and disposition. Now that'll stop you in your tracks. Come home to Hereford for more pounds, more calves, and more profit. Visit Hereford.org for a sale near you. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. As our focus today on our program has been about marketing your cattle here for 2022. And I know with a lot of calves uh, on the ground, some coming still, that uh, it's something that we probably really need to start to be thinking about and, and just be aware of some of those things. Our My guest today is Clint Berry, a marketing rep with Superior Livestock. He's been a, a guest on my show at, at a couple different occasions and joining us here again today. Clint, you had referenced some easy and some simple things that we could be doing uh, on our ranching operations and I want to go a little bit further into that because I know for a lot of us you know we really do have to measure what is that net return between all of the input things that are available that we can put into our livestock and in our cattle operations between really at the end of the day what kind of results are we going to see so with all of that aside you know what are just some of the easy basic practically non-cost things that we could be doing in our ranching operations that gives our cattle more marketability 
Okay. And I, and I would say this could transpose regardless of your herd size. So how, however you want to look at it and really regardless of how you're marketing them, but number one, go get BQA certified. It's, it's really simple. You can do it online. You don't have to get in the truck and go spend a, an evening at a county cattleman's meeting. You can, a lot of them offer that. So if you want to do it in person, if you prefer not to do it online, but, but get BQA certified at your ranch because that is quickly going to become one of the one of the requirements for some of the natural programs as yeah, well. Yeah. But there's nothing in there that that would make us. You know, I'm not going to say that a seasoned rancher is is going to learn anything from it, other than maybe just being brought to their attention. I mean, it's all practices that we do regularly anyway. Perhaps you know, maybe learning a little bit about how to document it. That might that might be something, but it, it costs zero to do. Yeah, getting BQA certified and it lasts for three years, then you can re-enroll. Uh, that's a great one uh, because it also gives you that first step on the ladder. If you decide down the road you want to move into some of them other programs, it's not a requirement in all of them right now, but it is a requirement in some. So so go and do that. Um, document your the the drugs you're using, the vaccines antibiotics, dewormers, implants, document what those are. Literally write down what you bought, mm-hmm. you know, and when you gave it. And if, if you're working with a veterinarian, you can get a vet certificate that says, hey, on such and such days, this office gave our cattle these shots. Keep that around in, in your records. You can use that to, to promote your cattle on sale day. Um, you, you've also got that as a backup if, if the buyer ever was to come back to you and say there were some issues here. But those are great things to have, you know, and, and there's, there's you know, numbers on the on the on all of the virals that you can write down to in case there was ever a problem and you can backtrace sure. it. But those are little things that don't cost nothing. Getting source and age verified, that's mm-hmm. another one. You know, you don't even have to have a premise ID to do that. I know that was an apprehension by some guys, but some programs may require a premise a lot of them don't but get source and age verified it's usually only the cost of the year tag anyway that way if for no other reason the way i look at it especially if i'm a small producer and i sell my calves at the sale barn and they get grouped together with other cattle to fill a lot they get they go through the order buyer and get grouped together mm-hmm. so there might be on one truck load of cattle there might be eight owners of cattle on that truck i would like that buyer to know what my cattle that those were mine not now he knows where all the cattle came from on that truck, but he may not know which ones were mine and which ones were somebody else's. So good, bad, and ugly, I'd like him to know that these were mine. Yeah. Because I promise you, as pull rates and death losses and things like that happen, they're going to track that back on their on themselves to know whether or not they're interested in buying those cattle again. So if they have a good experience with yours, even if they had a bad experience with some of them that were on the original truck together with yours, they might be willing to go back and buy your cattle again and and perhaps even pay a premium in the years to come, mm-hmm. you know, or be more aggressive on those cattle. And that, those are just little things that you can do that sure. really doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's good. And Clint, I, I appreciate the information. I think uh, with the volume of cattle you see and, and things you, that you go through and you look at, I think your information was good. So as we kind of tail out here, I guess some final comments from you is, as we kind of get geared up for marketing season 2022. Well, just, just uh, do your homework ahead of time and have your documentation on what you've been doing. You know, get your bull registrations and number, evaluate your bull battery while there's still good options to replace those bulls if they need to be BSE tested, which means breeding soundness exam, not 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 mad cow disease. But, you know, that's a small thing that we fail to do from a timely standpoint. A lot of guys wait till the week before they turn out. Get it done now where you still have an option to replace those bulls where there's still good bulls for sale around the country. That is a that is a practice that is a very simple thing to do at any veterinary office. Um, but document what you're giving so that later on in the year you can utilize that to your benefit. And by having a, your bull battery in line, you can also help describe what those cattle are based on the genetics of your herd sires you've been using. Those are little things that the guys ought to just kind of stay on top of. It's kind of like just management, mm-hmm. like mowing your grass. It doesn't take a whole lot if you do a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. But if you don't do it at all, then you got to end up bailing it. So it's a lot harder, <laughs> lot harder chore than just running the mower. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're going to be in a really good position moving forward in the cow market. We just got to work through some of these short-term outside influences, but. 
keep your chins up. I know it's been a heck of a tough year, especially for everybody that's fought the drought. Uh, you know, times are coming and pray for rain where it's needed. You bet. Well, Clint, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Yes, sir. Thank you anytime. And again, my guest today has been Superior Livestock Rep Clint Berry out of Fort Worth, Texas, joining us to talk about marketing your livestock here in 2022. You know, I mentioned a little bit ago about uh, talking with your professionals about risk management. We have had some really good programs here on the Working Ranch Radio Show about risk management. I encourage you to go back and listen to some of those and, uh, and, and get some information about that and maybe something that you do want to consider for your prote- risk protection for this year. Uh, in addition to just taking into account some of the things that he talked about here today on our program. Now, if you want to reach out to Clint, you want to get a hold of him, I'll tell you what, with today's internet, it's pretty easy. If you just go to your web browser and type in Superior Livestock Clint Berry, you're going to find multiple ways to get a hold of him, whether it's through Facebook or his Twitter account. His, of course, his Twitter account is at Haas the Beef Guy, and you can find him there. You can reach out to him and visit with him if you'd have any questions specifically to him or also shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com and I can get those questions and get you two in contact uh, with each other about any questions you might have. Stay with us. When we come back, we get into looking at the outlook for our long-term weather when meteorologist Don Day joins us when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Living in the country means working in the country. And that calls for a tough tractor. Well, Bobcat has 15 models in its compact tractor lineup from 21 to 58 horsepower. With the help of your local Bobcat dealer, you'll find a perfect match for your property and to-do list. Get a look at all the different models at Bobcat.com. And while you're there, use the Build and Quote tool to design your ideal machine. Get yourself one tough tractor from one tough animal. Bobcat. Visit bobcat.com Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here as we turn now with a look at our long-term weather and joining us is meteorologist Don Day. And Don, thanks again for joining us here uh, last week. Of course, we had a full program we, where we kind of outlined what the weather would look like for the rest of the year for 2022. And I know we can't always put a exact needle in it but we can get a little closer when we start looking at the next coming couple of weeks but with that you're still maybe a little uncertain as to what kind of we know we're going to see some weather but just what extent will that will be as we look into these next couple of weeks yeah the devil's always in the details and that's exactly what uh, we look forward to here in the next week or two we see the weather pattern maybe not as cold as it's been, the United States has gone through, and Canada, some episodes of cold here in March, two of them. Uh, but the good news for those of you that maybe want a little more spring in the air is that it'll be a little bit warmer, but we still see a very active jet stream up across the North Pacific and across the Gulf of Alaska that's going to be sending systems west to east across the United States. And that's exactly what you should see as we, as we go further into March. The march of storms usually tends to pick up. And so what that tends to do is make it a little bit tricky on that long range forecast as timing these systems could really change day to day. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the areas, in fact, uh, earlier in the program, we were talking with Clint Berry. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas. And we, we've talked a little bit about the weather affecting our cattle markets for this coming year. But I know that's some folks down in, in the in the wheat areas, uh, the winter wheat areas. Uh, it's been a little bit drier, but looking as though they might be some benefits of some of some moisture coming up here potentially in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're hoping so. Now, they just picked up a little bit of snow across parts of Nebraska, Kansas, eastern Colorado, down into Oklahoma. Even the Panhandle's got some snow here over the last several days. That was the best moisture they've seen in a long time. Now, it wasn't really great moisture, but we'll take everything we can get in those areas. And there's another weather system that's going to be coming into the central and western United States sometime towards the middle of the week. Um, Details are a bit sketchy at the moment. There's a lot of disagreement and in our tools, but it does appear as though there may be some opportunities for some of those winter wheat areas to maybe get back into some precipitation here uh, later this week in the form of rain showers, uh, maybe a little bit of snow on the northern front of these systems. Uh, But the pattern getting more busy, and, and we're hoping 
that as these systems come off the Pacific, they they make a visit far enough south to hit some of those areas that have been missing. I mean, one system after another over the last three months going across the Western United States, it just seems like it gets to Kansas, Oklahoma, Eastern Colorado, and it just stops and these systems go up and around that area. So we're hoping that as we go deeper into March, those areas will have some better opportunities. When we look at some of the weather coming in uh, out of the Northwest, uh, we, they you know, anticipated and we're starting to see maybe a little bit of buildup of the snowpack, but uh, is it, is it kind of spotty? Cause it feels to me like we're, I mean, there's generally the Western part of the country is, is seeing some of this, this weather, but yet it's a bit spotty. Is that just a normal March weather pattern or is that kind of what you you're seeing as well. Yeah, it is spotty at first, but we're only halfway through March now, not even halfway there yet. And one thing that we have seen here at the, in the first two weeks of March is that we have seen uh, the Pacific Northwest and the Northern Rockies starting to see an increase in storminess and some buildup of the snowpack a little bit. And I do think that for the rest of March and also April, uh, we're going to see that activity pick up. So while it's a bit spotty now, some of those spots I think will be filled in here in the next six weeks, um, especially the Pacific Northwest and the Northern Rockies, I think, are the areas that are going to benefit the most. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here again today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks for having me. And again, that was meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. As I remind you here, his website is dayweather.com. And not only can you go there to find the link to his daily video podcast that's there uh, as well as on YouTube, but also uh, if you're interested in a weather station and one that he recommends, feel free to check out his website as well for what he recommends as a good weather station. Well, stay with us when we come back. We'll put a wrap on this week's program when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. If you could do something today that would bring you a profit tomorrow, would you do it? In the cattle business, it's about efficiency. And with Limousine Genetics in your herd, your profit is just one calf crop away. With Limousine or Limflex cattle, it's more pounds, naturally, to sell at weaning. It's growth and feed efficiency with the added benefit of carcass merit. The other side of the profit coin with Limousine Genetics is the maternal efficiency, docility, and longevity of your cows and bulls. It's as simple as Limousine Today profit tomorrow. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I do want to thank my guest today, Mr. Clint Berry with Superior Livestock out of Fort Worth, Texas, as we talk about marketing your cattle here in 2022. Now, speaking of Fort Worth, Texas, for you folks down in that part of the country, you know, the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association's annual convention and expo, it's coming up March 25th through the 27th there in Fort Worth at the convention center. If you'd like to find out more, go to the TSCRA website website specifically for the convention you can look at the agenda as well as get pre-registered at cattleraisersconvention.com well i'd like to thank the sponsors of this week's edition of the working ranch radio show the american simmental association bobcat one tough tractor the american herford association the north american limousine foundation Keneally angus with their spring bull sale saturday march 26th and the american angus association thanks for joining us this week i'm your host justin mills we Appreciate you joining us on the Working Ranch Radio Show. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.